Well, Ulysses, it's one of our favorite episodes to do every week. Mailbag time. Yes, and they're all voicemails, so we're going to have fun with this. Let's get, let's get it going right now. You are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sombrano. And we're the host of the Locked On Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making us your very first listen every day. Be sure you check out and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Locked On Rays. We're also on social media, Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Rays. And email us anytime, preferably a voice memo. LockedOnRays at gmail.com. Speaking of that, uh, we have three more great voice memos to dive into on today's show. Again, this harkens back to uh, the call out that we made that, hey, if you want to join the LockedOnRays Fantasy Baseball League, you got to do two things. You got to prove that you subscribe to our YouTube channel and you have to send in a voice memo under 60 seconds with a question, comment, concern, or hot take regarding the Tampa Bay Rays. And we had a terrific participation on that. So we're just running through those. Yes. But by the way, uh, we've gotten a couple of late submissions on the fantasy baseball league. We are sorry. The league has already been completed guys. So we're very sorry, but yeah, it's, it's already done. Yeah. Now if somebody drops out, you know, last minute they say, hey, can't do the fantasy league, then perhaps we could uh, work something out. But if I had to guess, uh, the people that have spent the time, the effort, the energy to uh, do all that, to send in a voice <laughs> memo, I think they really, really want to participate in this thing. So without further ado, let's go into the mailbag and this first one from Chase Ross. My question is with Tyler Rout and our easy April schedule, I want who will take his role in the rotation. I feel like Louis get a shot. From Chase, of course, Tyler Glass now missing some time the month of April. And Chase uh, says that he'd like to see Louis Patino get a shot. Um, Ulysses, I think we had discussed this briefly a couple weeks ago that Yanni Torinos, I think, is the man for the job and at least deserves that first crack at it. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, however, if you look at the competition between Chirinos, Patino and Fleming during spring training, uh, none of them have shown themselves to be above the rest. It's, it's kind of been mediocre results. And again, it's spring training. So if it's amazing or if it's horrible results, it really yeah. doesn't matter. Uh, but chase, just so you know, between these three guys, Yanni has had two bad outings and two good ones. Um, his last one was a really good one. Uh, I think he went three and a third without allowing a run. Fleming had a horrible first outing and then has worked four straight outings without allowing a run. And then Patino was the opposite. He had a good run of three uh, outings or so and then a miserable one last yeah. time out. So if you're looking for results during spring training to give you a guide on, on who is going to have the edge... They're both. They're all pretty much the same. Um, so because they really have nobody has really separated themselves from the pack. But right. I, I think that that just means that Kevin Cash and company are not going to to make a decision until they absolutely have to. But again, 
I would still give the edge to edge to Johnny just because he's had more major league success than Patino and Fleming. And he had, correct me if I'm wrong, pretty decent showings when he came back for the Rays in September after being out. And let's also be frank. I mean, he has more prestige. I would think he's higher on the totem pole considering he's making 1.25 mil. And I think Fleming and Luis Patino are making league minimum. I mean, Josh Fleming, I don't, I don't know what he would have done to prove or show himself that he deserves another shot. I mean, his 21 and 22 ERA look like some people's credit scores. So I think, you know, unless something drastically <laughs> happens, um, I think it's, it's Torino's job to lose. And, and I think the key for Torino's is, you know, the, the three really quality pitches that he has between the sinker, the splitter and the side uh, slider, you know, just keeping those, down bottom of the zone. I think that's the key for him going forward. If he's able to do that, then he's going to have a lot of success. He gets into trouble when he leaves that up middle and and high in the zone. So, um, and I just like that. He's got, you know, again, he's not going to necessarily blow people away, but just being able to pinpoint and see how those three pitches work off and divert off each other really can keep hitters off balance, whether it's a righty or lefty. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, uh, props to you for coming up with that credit score line. Uh, yeah. Jab, that was pretty. That was pretty good. Thank you, uh, sir. Yeah, uh, I, I, I just and anecdotally speaking, I do think that Yanni has more um, swing and miss stuff than Josh Fleming does. Oh yeah. Um, just just from from my baseball archive brain, I am looking it up right now uh, because Chirinos has. Uh, let's see in 2019, because there's no data for, for that in 20, uh, 22. No, no data there. Damn. Okay. I really wanted that. To, I guess to my, my point is he doesn't strike out as much as some other guys in the Rays rotation, but he can hold his own. Yeah. He's not necessarily a strikeout first pitcher. I would think that he's more of as a sinker guy that he's trying to induce more weak grounders to the second baseman or shortstop. Yeah, and the sinker does get a lot of uh, ground balls. And if you're just comparing comparing them by velocity, it does have uh, an edge. Yanni's fastball than than Fleming's by three miles an hour, which is considerable in today's baseball. So, yeah, I I just I don't see I just don't see Fleming winning that right outright. And if he does, let's say Josh Fleming does chase, I don't think that they're going to use him. As a starter, I think they would use him as a bulk guy. They would use the opener with Fleming. I don't, I don't see a, a scenario where they're going to put Fleming as an original starter that that we know and yeah. love. I, with Johnny though, I do see Johnny being put as an actual starter, and that's why I think he right. has the edge uh, than to Fleming. He's, I, I think Johnny has shown over the last several years before he got hurt that he is a legit starter. You know. Uh, on a bad team and number three, on a good team and number four, number five. And, you know, if and when Tyler Glass now comes back, I mean, when Tyler Glass now comes back, I think you can still maybe use Yanni as a, a spot starter, number six guy, or just bulk innings. I mean, look, it's a long season, so I don't think there's any issue or concern about Yanni not getting the opportunities that should be coming to him. Yeah, and I'm looking. This is this is eerily. I don't know if my computer is doing some odd things right now, but if I look at the K rate 
total for Johnny for Johnny is 22.1. Fleming's 22.1. If you look at the walk rate for Fleming, it's 8.1. Johnny's 8.1. It's wild. That is wild. Um, that that that's crazy. And the hard hit percentage for Johnny is 35.8. Yeah, but does uh, if Fleming does is thirty-five point eight, like you know, twenty-four hits against the Boston Red Sox? No, 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 like no. no. Yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm just noting that that is yeah. very eerily, and I don't know if my computer is acting up, guys. So if you have completely different numbers, okay, then I, I guess so. But that's, that's really odd. Yeah, yeah. I think it's uh, Fleming's agent, like back-ending your computer and making changes <laughs> to baseball savant or fan crafts or whatever <laughs> yeah. you're looking at. So, yeah. uh, no, good question from Chase there. We've got more coming up. But first, we have to tell you about FanDuel. The tournament is heating up, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel. It is America's number one sports book. That's because new customers get a no-sweat-first bet for up to $1,000. That is bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win so just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app safe secure super easy to use you can bet on everything including the money line point scores and threes drained also FanDuel lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay so do not do not miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet for up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on, that's fanduel.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N to learn more. Ulysses, you're laughing over there. What is so funny? God, I you know, this is why you, you have to read. Uh, you got to learn to read, man. Um, I was look. they are the same because it's the MLB average. All right, you genius. Uh, so <laughs> I can I can give you the actual numbers now. Johnny's K rate is 20 point nine lifetime and josh fleming is 16.1 so yes anecdotally i was right johnny obviously gets more case than fleming and about the walk rate 5.9 for fleming and johnny has 5.6 so yeah i just i i don't i don't see that uh, as a as a really competition i just think johnny should yeah. should, should be the guy now if there's a podium one two three is it Yanni Patino than Fleming or Yanni Fleming Patino? Oh, that's a good one. That's a really good one. I think that would depend on your on who on who you're facing. Um, that's if fair. it's if it's righty, uh, righty power righty power bats like Yankees, I would not want to see Josh Fleming there at all. No. At, at all, I would just. But again. <laughs> Patino got lit up. Experienced, you know. Patino got lit up by the Yankees in an inning and a third last year in the last in the last uh, series. Remember that in in an inning and a third, I think yeah. he allowed like eight runs, nine runs. Like so, just yeah. because you're righty against a righty lineup doesn't mean if you just don't have it, don't you don't have it. You're gonna get hit regardless, you know. Right. Yeah, I, I think some of it, and, and that's where you, you don't have to. I think with Yanni, I don't think you have to play the game of okay, we got to look at this opposing lineup and see uh, where are these guys hot zones and cold zones. Where where do they have the most swing and miss? I, I think you just roll out Yanni and you can roll with the punches there. Where Patino and Fleming, you have to play with them with more kid gloves, I guess, and more maneuvering yeah. and so forth. Which again, maybe at the end of the day, when we look back, you know, four, five, six years from now, maybe they they turn out not to be legit starters. Maybe they're bullpen guys at the end of the day. So, um, all right, let's get to this next question from Chris Snyder. What do you guys think is going to happen with Greg Jones? 
And do you think Mason Hours is going to be moved up to Durham this year? Good question. Good question. Um, well, Chris, you have been awesome and very diligently uh, giving us feedback the last three months or, or four months or so. It's been really cool to to get that feedback from you, Chris. Um, Greg Jones, if you haven't heard, he will be trying uh, a new position this year. Yes, uh, He's going to be uh, in the outfield. Uh, obviously, shortstop is uh, manned by somebody named Wander Franco, so he's not going anywhere, mm-hmm. folks. So you got to make space for for Greg Jones, and so that's what he'll be doing. I don't think that's going to be something that you can ask him to just get right away. I mean, I know that Jazz Chisholm is doing it for for the Marlins at the MLB level. Just hey, I'm going to play center field for you guys. Yeah. That's not easy, man. That's not an easy thing to do. So Greg Jones is going to have some some hard, you know. 2023 learning um obstacles to to get through in the in the outfield i I, yeah just tough man no again i mean we salivate at his athleticism and the combination of strength and speed but he's got a lot of work at this point the rays are more or less banking on a developmental prospect on their 40-man roster he's 25 years old and he's still in double A. Hasn't played more than 80 games in double A. And when he did play those 80 games in double A at 24, 25 years old, he struck out 36% of the time. Off-speed pitches just really, really do damage to him. So, yeah. and then you add in the fact of um and yeah, just looking at it, he he struck out 128 times in 358 plate appearances. The arm is, I think drastically concerning as far as a defensive perspective goes. I mean, again, I'm just, and and this is from scouting reports and what I saw in that spring training game. I went to like, he really had to effort. Like it, it was like lollipopped over there. Like I I'm not even exaggerating. Well, maybe I am exaggerating. That's what I do. But like where, when celebrities make, you know, first pitches, (laughs) like it looked like that, like, you know, not as bad as 50 cent, but (laughs) You know, you get what I'm talking about. The arm is not yeah. there. It's an issue. You know, other issue too is you can't steal first unless he, unless the directive is, hey, any chance you get, try to bunt on. I, I just really don't know what to do with Greg Jones because when he connects, it's awesome. When he's running the bases, it's awesome. But there are a lot of holes in issues in his game. And to me, I, I see that. Um, if he doesn't pick it up this year, then then maybe it's just, you know, he's he's trade fodder like Jesus Sanchez and Lucius Fox were for, you know, a bit reliever or something like that. Billy Hamilton can steal first. You know, you yeah. have to have some ability to get there. Uh, you can be a Terrence Gore, you know, multi World Series champion uh, Terrence Gore. Not a lot of people uh, give him the props, but you know you can just be a pinch runner uh, right. for a September call up and, and and do your thing in, in the playoffs. Like uh, you, but you got to hit something. You got to hit. And I do agree with you that the the trade fodder is a possibility because a guy that can play shortstop at his level, which you know, however you want to grade him, however uh, analytics has him defensively speaking. If you at the outfield, and maybe that's something that he does the same, or even maybe a little bit better, maybe a little bit worse, he is going to be a little bit more um, salivating of a prospect for somebody else. So yeah. you're also increasing his marketability uh, by by giving him uh, giving him the the outfield glove. I just don't see a team 
like the Rays that has a notoriously anemic offense in the past. And for those that are yelling at me at about 2021, that's the outlier and 2022, all the injuries, it still happened. Those were the results. Um, and by the way, they were 15th in WRC plus at 101. So that's literally average. That's mediocre. Like yeah. that, there's, there's no uh, getting around that. Uh, you can't just have, you know, 2022's Taylor Walls and 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 Greg Joneses of the world just like occupying Brett Phillips. You 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 can't do that. You have to let go of some of that defense and and and, and trade it for some bats because you you can't yeah. just hope that your pitching staff is just going to go scoreless or keep it a one or two runs every single night. That's just not fair. Yeah, and I think the other thing too is again with the switch hitting thing. I think that you probably just need to pick a lane if you're having this much struggles at double a at this age it's what are you best at is it batting right-handed or batting left-handed looking at his numbers real quickly obviously he had way more appearances versus right-handed pitchers but he was more successful versus lefties so maybe that and he is a natural right-handed thrower so maybe that's the thing of hey it's cool and all to have the the power and speed combination being a switch hitter and being an up the middle player but at some point you know do the cedric mullins approach and, and ditch one one side if if that's really going to move everything forward now as far as the second part of the question with mason hour um you know i guess anything is possible maybe a september call up to triple a but um mason hour if i recall he hasn't even played double a yet and there's still you know several names i think in the totem pole ahead of him whether they're better prospects or not just based on the experience and age factor that they would get more of that first crack i'm looking at cameron meisner heriberto hernandez greg jones tristan peters i, I would think there's you know probably a, a half dozen guys in line for a call up before mason hour would be to triple a and he hasn't even gotten to double a yet exactly um I, obviously I, I think he will start in double a this year and if he does exactly what he did last year, um, then I think it's going to be very difficult for the race to say no to him for a, a late mm -hmm. season promotion to AAA. But if I were a betting man, Chris, I would just say no. I think he just spends the, the whole year in AA, regardless of results, if he scorches the earth or not, because the Rays are usually conservative when it when it comes to position players' promotions. Like, they, yeah. they don't see the... Uh, that's not in the philosophy to just rush them through. Um, they, they need to face the double A pitchers. And, and as we've talked to so many prospects on the show, and if you haven't seen these, um, these interviews, go to YouTube. We have our own playlist for, for player uh, interviews. Most of them say that the biggest adjustment comes from a ball to double A because yeah. now the guys can actually have some command. They're not just chucking the ball. So what better way to see if you actually have something in a position pr uh, prospects now that you, you, you can actually have them face pitchers that know where the ball is heading. So that I, I would think not. Yeah. I think he stays there the whole the whole year. And, and going back to Greg Jones real quick, I mean, I know we made a, a Billy Hamilton comparison and no disrespect to Billy Hamilton. I mean, he's played a decade in the big league, so he has carved out a yeah. niche and a spot for him. And I think that might be the case with Greg Jones. I would fully I would not expect Greg Jones to be an impact player at the big league level, but I think that he could squeeze and set himself onto some sort of big league roster for a couple years as, you know, that speed guy or that defensive replacement guy, or if he can, 
enhance, you know, again, I, I know I'm not joking about the bunting ability thing. Like if he can lay one down, he can certainly get to first base. He has the tools to, to be able to do that. So um, I just, um, you know, I think right now, according to fan graphs, he's the race six ranked prospect um, that to me seems a little bit high. I mean, maybe in terms of, you know, pure athleticism. Sure. I understand that, but I probably may be more bullish on, um, you know, even Cameron Meisner or Tristan Peters or, or Mason hour guys that are, are lower than Greg Jones in the rankings. I mean, it's, it's unfortunate because he's got all the talent in the world, uh, in the world, but being able to put it together. I mean, it's just, 88 WRC plus at 24 years old at double A just to me doesn't really crack it. It I would feel more bullish on Jones's future if he was in the Astro system and in, in the Dodgers yeah. system and the Yankee system, not because of the player development is lacking in, in the race because it's not. It's just because their offenses do not need any more help. They're yeah. fine. They can score runs. So a guy like him would be more suit it uh, to to their needs. They would need yeah. somebody who can actually run the base as well. And they would need a defensive replacement. And they would need somebody who can, you know, steal a bag here and there. Um, and they can switch over from from shortstop to the outfield if he, if he's able to, to do that. So I, I just think in the race system, yeah, I, I don't see a path right now for him. And the Rays obviously feel this way too if they just went, hey, you know what? The thing that you've been working on for the last five years, that position – we don't have a lane for you, so grab another kid, grab another glove, kid, because um, you're gonna need it. Yeah, and I mean, there's so many other guys too. We haven't even mentioned Aranda or Basabe. I mean, there's a, a long list of guys to get through for sure with all that. So we'll see. Um, you know, best of luck to him, but I think uh, he's got certainly an, an uphill battle uh, going forward with all that. And uh, you know, I know we've joked about Tristan Peters, but if or not, not Tristan Peters, I'm sorry, Tristan Gray. Too many Tristans in the Rays organization. If Tristan Gray really pops off and takes care of the strikeout and walk issue um, that he's experienced, if he goes nuts in AAA, then maybe that forces the Rays' hand of, hey, we've got to designate a 40-man spot. Who's coming off? you got to figure out who who's going to be coming off, and maybe that's where they have to eventually trade him. Trade and then Jones. again... If you want an outfielder from the left side that has some pop, hey, we have Grant Witherspoon also in Triple Yeah, I didn't even mention the show. So, like, you know, there's a, just a lot of there's. I just don't see a path right now for Greg Jones. Yeah, really unfortunately. Don't. All right, we got one more question to get to. Uh, but first, you listeners, we have to tell the audience about something extremely important. Yes, and so if you, if you're listening to the show and you're like, oh man, I wish I could make those decisions and and maybe I can get Grant Witherspoon sometime, Greg Jones some outfield work. Well, you can do that by downloading the mobile game Ultimate Baseball GM. Okay, so if you've ever dreamed of being an MLB GM, you can do that with this game. You can manage every strategic aspect of your team. You can hire the right coaches. You can do the scouting and the drafting players, and you can navigate your franchise through victory. So today, Locked On Race listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when they use the code Locked. On L O C K E D O N in the game store. So make sure to go to your app store today and download Ultimate Baseball GM. Start your dynasty today. 
All right. I don't know if you heard uh, my dog Perry in the background, but he has some strong opinions about Greg Jones. Perry, settle down back there, okay? <laughs> I know. You get, yeah, let's see what he does this year in Double A AA and Triple A, and then yeah. we'll revisit that opinion. All right. Uh, this next question, final question of today's episode from John McNeil. Hey, Ulysses and Kevin. Uh, John from Scotland here. So my question is, with the World Baseball Classic upon us, can you foresee a future when MLB expands worldwide? I don't think it would take very long to establish teams from Japan, South Korea, Mexico, Central America, the Caribbean, Colombia, Venezuela into contenders. It might take a bit longer with Australia and Europe, but the markets are huge, as is the potential. Would you guys be for or against such moves? Well, Ulysses, you're the world traveler. What's your take on this? I love this idea. I love this idea, John. Um, I think expanding MLB teams to Caribbean, Europe, Asia is probably in the plans of MLB but it would be in decades. I mean, you're talking infrastructure, player safety, travel schedule implications, ownership uh, possibilities for, for people. Uh, it'd be a really, really, really difficult plan. But if it can be done, it would be amazing. Imagine like each country being represented. You know, it's not only Canada having the Toronto Blue Jays, you know, but you have the Vaqueros de Mexico. You know, yeah. the, the the Cancun, you know, uh, it, it would be really, really cool. And then each country having the representation. Um, I, I think that would be <laughs> amazing for the sport. Uh, I think you could get even more eyes on MLB, which MLB would love. And you would get more money through revenue, uh, th which they would love. They can tap into to those fandoms. But you're you're just I've, even though it's a very cool idea, uh, I, I think it would just take so much work that yeah. uh, it just might not be ultimately possible. I mean, the first step for baseball in terms of expansion is expansion within the states, i.e. Nashville, Charlotte, Las Vegas. And if you want to go bonkers with it, okay, add in Montreal as that international presence. I think what MLB is doing right now with their, not the World Series, whatever they call it, you know, traveling the world of having um regular season series in london and mexico city i think that's a good start expand on that you know add in paris and tokyo and seal and and go from there and see how that works out um yeah as far as uh you know adding uh you know other teams internationally i i think that is a long 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 ways away if that uh, ever happens maybe one idea would be to you know as far as like triple A teams, maybe you have a minor league team in Mexico city or in San Juan or something like that. Maybe that's how you sort of Ooh. weather yourself into that position. But um, yeah, I don't, and I quite frankly don't know how, you know, players would feel with that. I mean, I'm, I'm sure they would, you know, as far as, you know, say they expanded to Tokyo, like I, I, you know, I think for those players that, that do love the travel and do like new experiences that that would be awesome. But for those players that, have families and would be away from them for such a long time and the logistics and travel aspects of it. Um, you know, that could be a really, really tough sell. I mean, we already heard so many complaints about, 
you know, what you did uh, a split season scenario between Tampa Bay and, and Montreal and all the issues and headaches that that would provide. And you also brought up a good point about infrastructure and safety. I mean, um, you know, I know MLB is doing a series in Mexico City, but to, to bring a team there full time, there's a lot that you have to overcome and hurdle. I think even the U.S. government has kind of put out a, a warning to travelers, you know, Americans, that if you're going to become a tourist in, in Mexico, Mexico City and, and some other states in Mexico, that you, you got to be prepared. I mean, there's things that happen there that don't happen in other countries and certainly not in the u.s at some point so i think yeah. there's a, a lot that has to overcome with that i think it's a cool idea but um my i guess solution to this would be expand on you know those three four game series uh during the regular season in other countries and then maybe add a minor league team or two to these uh other countries I like the minor league aspect because then every team could have a minor league team in those countries. And now you can have rivalries yeah. within those, um, within those leagues. Uh, I, I, well, you know, an, another thing, maybe if you, if you don't want to, um, you know, deal with the headache that it would be the, the safety and the in, uh, infrastructure and, and the time zone difference and how long are they going to stay? How long is the Seattle Mariners going to stay in Tokyo? And then right. how long are, is the Tokyo team going to be traveling for Seattle to Oakland and uh, Vegas and, and, and whatever, like it would just be a lot of work. So one way that you could, um, that you could potentially get around it without being a team is having series in these countries. You know, I, I think that would be, I think uh, football does like a London game. Yeah. Uh, lately. I, I, well, think I mean, baseball has been doing it too. As yeah. Well. Yeah. I think the Yankees and Red Sox did it before the pandemic. And I think the, the Cubbies and the Reds are going to be playing in London this year. So I, yeah, I get it, but you could do that. Like one in Puerto Rico, one in Venezuela, one in Colombia or Japan. Like you could do that. Like have every, every team will have, an international series. I'd be on board with that. Exactly, exactly. And I know I know the 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 I've I've heard from football fans that it sucks all oh, you're taking one home game away from us. We can't even see our team. I don't think we would hear that uh especially from race fans because if race fans yeah. are like you're taking away four games from us at the trap is like, well, you know, are, you know, are we really showing up guys so <laughs> yeah the other thing too is like i i get with football where one game means so much one over 17 as opposed to three or four over 162 i mean if it'd be different if hey the rays are going to spend a month in tokyo then okay right. you could probably put up a little bit more of a stink but one sure. series i would find difficulty to have too many problems and issues with that yeah so. or maybe they go on like a like a little tour you know like oh it is a month but they one week in South America, one yeah. week in the Caribbean, then one week in Asia, and then they're back in the States. Something like that. I think that would be really cool. Yeah. So, uh, John, I, I don't know if Scotland is in the cards. I know that uh, you're checking in from there. I think that would be... Um, That'd be cool. It'd be cool, but I, I don't know. I think there's probably, you know, 100, 150 other communities that would... Um, be on the board before scotland would be also very cold right john uh, we would be they would be playing with a lot of yeah. gear because i think how how much 
warm does Scotland get? It's pretty cold up there, right? I don't know. I don't know. I just assume greenery and overcast weather. I don't I don't foresee palm trees in Scotland, unfortunately. And castles, maybe. They've got a plenty of castles there in Scotland. Yeah. That's true. And as far as expansion goes, I mean, are we on the same boat that the next two teams are gonna be in Las Vegas or Nashville or Charlotte? Yeah. It's gonna be one of those three. Portland, I mean, the Mariners are all by their by their lonesome there. So you gotta get some Vancouver some- even. Hey, you could do Vancouver. Yeah. You could do another Canada uh, expansion. That would be international. There you go. There we go. Yeah. All right. Um, Thank you for the questions. And thank you for making the Locked on Rays podcast your very first listen every day. Now make your second listen, the Locked on Fantasy Baseball podcast. That is also free and available on all platforms. Uh, Hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe. And we will talk to you tomorrow.